I don't normally <clears throat> preach on Wednesday. This is kind of a, a preachy, teachy Bible study here. Again, uh, kind of that interim, Lord willing, <clears throat> we'll start again next week in our keys to understanding biblical prophecy. Get back into that, but uh, this is kind of one of those uh, stopgap uh, messages here. So we're in 1 Timothy chapter 4. When you find it, would you stand with me? Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read the first nine verses of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Let's read responsively. I'll read the odd-numbered verses. You read the even-numbered verses with me through verse number 9. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, beginning in verse 1, reading responsively through verse 9. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God, and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. Hone in on verse number 7 there <clears throat> with me, where it says at the back half of the verse, it says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Father, we ask that you would bless this simple simple sermon tonight, simple study. Lord, help us this year as we desire to be more conformed into your image, as we desire to walk closer to you, as we desire to hear your voice louder in our lives. Help us each day. And we'll be careful to praise you for it. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Tis the season. You say, Pastor, don't you know Christmas is over? Yes, I know Christmas is over. And I, I see the decorations are getting ready to come down. Uh, yes, I know the Christmas. No, Tis the season. Not Christmas, but for gym memberships. Huh? Tis the season for resolutions. Tis the season for I'm going to take off those pounds that I got at Christmas time. Tis the season for finally going to get in better shape. I can see this message is not going over well tonight. Amen. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, isn't it though? Isn't January like that? By the way, I sure noticed that on social media. All these ads for exercises and gym, and it's amazing all these things come up. Hey, look with me if you would. <clears throat> Verse number six, you see a condition. <clears throat> here, Paul is he's talking to Timothy here, and he says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister. And, and by the way, it goes back to what he had said before. He said, Some are going to depart from the faith. Hey, beware of those that would forbid to marry and abstain from meats. I've said this before. Uh, Brother Tim, I remember the first time I ever read that verse after I got saved, and I thought to myself, Well, that's what I grew up with. There's people that couldn't get married, and they told us we couldn't have meat on Friday. Amen? And uh, I just remember that. And he, and he goes on to say, look, he said, there's nothing wrong with meat if you just receive it with thanksgiving. He said, God's the one who gave you every creature there, and the word of God and prayer sanctifies it. And so he says, if you put the brethren in remembrance, that's the condition, the if. But then there's some counsel in verse 7. He tells them, he talks about being, uh, being nursed up in the words of faith and good doctrine, but he says, refuse <laughs> old wives' fables. Amen? Old wives' fables. You know what old wives' fables are? Many times created by old gossips. Amen. And he says, just refuse those. There's a, there's a negative here. you got to say, listen, all your Christian life, listen to me, all your Christian life you're going to have to say no to some things. It's not just Yes positive. You know, that, forgive me, that's the Joel Osteen stuff. Everything's positive. Everybody's happy. Living your best life now. No. The real Christian has to say, no, I can't do that. No, can't do that. Sorry. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Can't do that. Amen. And so there's a refusal here in this, this council. He tells them to refuse, but then he tells them, but rather exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So he says, refuse these godless old fables and exercise yourself unto godliness. But then there's a comparison in verse 8, not only the condition and the counsel, but the comparison. And this, I think many times, is Independent Baptist's favorite verse. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. Yeah, I'd like to remind all you people that just said amen, it does profit. Yeah, I'm not getting any amens on that one. What does it say? It says, bodily exercise profiteth. By the way, uh, walking a little bit and a little pushing away from the table wouldn't hurt anybody. Like I said, I know this message is not going to go over well tonight, amen. Bodily, and what's the comparison? He said, yes, bodily exercise does profit, but little compared to godliness. He's saying, live your life and live in a godly way. Exercise thyself unto godliness. So there's the condition, there's the counsel, there's the comparison, and then there's the crucial. A crucial to both bodily exercise... And exercising yourself unto godliness. You know what the crucial component of that is? Daily. Every day. Exercising, even if it's just a little. 
Every day will help your overall health. And all God's people said, exercising yourself unto godliness can't be done once a week. That's not just a Sunday thing. Huh? Exercising yourself unto godliness has to be done daily. So my message is simple tonight. Daily exercise. Daily exercise. Let's look at what the Bible says. And this is, a, this is what we call a word study. We're just, we're just word studying the word daily. So go with me to Psalm 72. And let's look at some godly daily exercise that God wants us to do. Again, you know my policy, Lord willing, we'll just take right turns. So we'll start in Psalms and then make right turns from there. So <clears throat> Psalm 72. And basically, the, I guess the kind of thought of the message is, what should we do daily to exercise ourselves unto godliness? Daily. These, these eight things tonight we could do daily, and we'll look, and it says in the Word of God for us to do them daily. Psalm 72, look at verse number 15. Psalm 72, 15. It says here, And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made to him continually. And what? Daily. Daily he shall be what? You want to exercise yourself unto godliness? Praise Him daily. Praise Him. I happen to believe that's the best way to start off your prayer time, is to praise Him. Praise Him. Uh, boy, they, if you want to just praise Him for something, you can praise Him that you don't live in certain parts of the world. Huh? You can, you can, you can go to your cupboard, stand right in front, open your refrigerator, and praise Him. Amen? Praise Him. Go out to your car and praise Him. Look at the house you live in or the apartment you live in and praise Him. Then you can think about how good God has been in your life. I think about my own life. I think about this past year with my wife. And I think of everything that she's gone through and how good God has been. And I'll tell you what, we ought to spend some time each day praising Him, exercising ourselves unto God. I can tell you this, He's worthy of daily praise. How few of us actually do that, though? We take it for granted, don't we? God doesn't have to bless you. He doesn't. He doesn't have to bless me. He does, because He's wonderful. And it ought to cause you to praise Him. You know, the older I get, as I, as I think about Christmas time, and Christmas time with teenagers is not as fun as when they were little. It's just not. Amen? But it's okay. I mean, still, we had, you know, any more... All I want from my kids, Miss Judy, is just a thank you. That's it. You know what praising God is? It's thanking Him. It's just saying, you know, God, I just want to let you know that I genuinely appreciate how good you have been to me. You think, I know what that does to me as a dad when my kids say that. My, my kids are pretty good at that. My, my kid, they, they actually, they're not pretty good at it. They actually fight each other to do it at the dinner table. The first one will say thank you, and then they'll look at the other one and say, I said it first. You know? <laughs> That's not what we're going for here. Amen? Is he worthy of our praise? Daily. Daily, Amen. Okay, how about Psalm 86? So right turn there in Psalms. Psalm 86. Number one, daily exercise, praise God. Psalm 86. Verse number three. 
He says here, Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee. Psalm 88, verse 9. Look at it there. Probably just a page over. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. What's that? Not only praise him daily, but pray to him daily. Jesus said, he spake a parable unto them, Luke 18, 1, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know what, listen, uh, and I, I, I hesitate to say this lest you think worse of me, but uh, it's okay if you think, you think poorly of me. I have always struggled in my prayer life. I've just always struggled to just be consistent. Just to be consistent. I, I finally, this year, I made up my mind as I, I am taking a page every day. I have a journal. And I have a page every day, and there's about 20 lines on it. And I am filling that up every day. I'm stopping. Whatever I'm doing, if it's in the day, it's at the end of the day, if it's at the beginning of the day. But I'm taking that little book, and I am filling up, and I am praying for 20 different needs. There's, of course, my own family. Think about our missionaries, different things. But many of you are, are going to be on that. And just this idea of saying, you know what, I'm not going to pray every other day. I'm not going to pray once a week in men's prayer. And not that I only did, amen. But I'm just saying we ought to pray daily. You know what that is? That's daily exercise. You're exercising yourself unto godliness when you pray every day. And more than just rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Huh? I'm talking about praying. Stop and pray and casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Praying without ceasing. Just being in that mode of prayer. Exercise. What is daily exercise? Praise him. Pray to him. Alright, here's one. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. We're in the New Testament now. The rest of it's in the New Testament. Luke chapter 9. Are we there? Say amen. amen. Okay. Mr. Merrill's there. Is the rest of us there? Amen. <laughs> amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, please. Praise God. Pray to God. What's it say here? And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, we call ourselves Christians, right? Little Christs. Followers of Christ. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. What is this? Take up your cross daily. He would say a little further on in 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it's verse 31, I die daily. Paul would say, I die daily. What does that mean? Taking up your cross, dying daily. It means die to self and sin every day. Every day. Exercise yourself to die to self and sin. You know what I've learned? Self and sin is not dead yet. Huh? How many of you learned that? How many thought, hey, boy, I got this Christian thing figured out. I, I, I feel like I'm going good. And then all of a sudden you did something that you said you'd never do. You know why? Because you have flesh. Because, because sin is still present. I love the fact that the Apostle Paul, 
You ought to read Romans chapter 6, chapter 7 especially, where he said, you know, the things I know I should do, I don't. And those things which I know I shouldn't do, I do. And then you know what he says at the end? He says, that in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. He said, but it's not I, it's sin that dwelleth in me. One of the most wonderful things about heaven, and I am thinking about preaching on heaven on Sunday. Not sure. One of the most wonderful things about heaven. I think about Mr. Kelly right now. You know what? Mr. Kelly is free from sin. Miss Judy, I can't wait to be free from sin. I cannot wait until I won't even have the capacity to sin anymore. But that's not today. So you know what Christ says? Take up your cross. Take up your cross. What, what is the idea there? It's a sacrifice. And a sacrifice is not going to do his own thing. A sacrifice is going to one place. It's going to die. Talking about spiritually speaking here, okay? Take up your cross. Die daily. Die to self and sin daily. Exercise yourself. We would call that self-restraint. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Philippians 4, 5 says, so praise God, pray to God, take up your cross, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, halfway home. Acts chapter 2. Verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and prayers. Down to verse 46. And they continuing, how much? Daily, with one accord in the temple, and the breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What is this? This is fellowship. Fellowship. Daily fellowship. And we live, in, we live in a time where fellowship, and, and again, people, people take advantage of this, they, they kind of do despite this, where you can have fellowship online with people. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, I'm, listen, I'm glad for that. I'm glad when people can't be here. I'm glad that you can send somebody a text message and say, you know what, I was thinking of you today, and I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. That's, that's wonderful. Amen. It really, really is. But here in this time in the early church, uh, when, when the church was just being formed, fellowship was a daily thing. Can I say, I didn't think about it this year. Those of you that, that have a home, if you have Sunday dinner at your home or you go out or something, you ought to invite somebody for fellowship. I did that early on here, and it's just kind of one of those things that didn't take off, and everybody's different about these things, but you know there's people in our church, there's people that are new to our church, and you know what they need? You know what will grow them here? Fellowship. And by the way, fellowship revolves around uh, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's the word of God, and fellowship breaking of bread, uh, that's food deals, amen. And so just having fellowship with other Christians, so important, especially people who maybe have a rough background, and that the people in that background are always kind of trying to pull them back in. You know what will keep them here? Fellowship. You know what will keep them on the straight and narrow? Fellowship. Fellowship. So fellowship. 
Take up your cross. Pray to God. Praise God. Here's one, Acts chapter 5, verse 42. What a great verse. Acts 5, 42. Here's the early church, and they'd just been beaten for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they still wouldn't shut up. Amen? And here's what it says in verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You say, what's that? That's witnessing. Being a witness wherever you go. Being a witness at work. Being a witness in your neighborhood. Being, just be a, if, listen, if you go to the grocery store, if you go to Myers, take some gospel tracts with you. You'll meet somebody. You'll run into somebody, but it can, you'll run into somebody, they'll look at you and say, ugh, amen, as soon as they see you, amen. Well, you can at least pull a gospel track out and say, at least I'm not, at least I'm on my way to heaven, amen. You, listen, there's all kinds of ways to witness, and there are daily opportunities if you're out amongst the public. Most of us are, most of us miss them. You know why? Because we don't commit ourselves to daily exercise. Say, who can I give the gospel to today? Who can I share Christ with today? Who can I cease not to, to teach and preach Jesus Christ to today? Not just Wednesday, not just Sunday, not just Saturday with free Bibles. That's fine. I, I'm all for that. Amen. I'm talking about everywhere you go, just being a witness. We used to joke when we would take our teenagers on long trips. We'd say, anybody would be able to find us. Because we would leave this trail of breadcrumbs called gospel tracks every time we would stop somewhere. Amen. There'd be five. I'd say, okay, I'd, I'd say to the teenagers, okay, everybody, hand out a gospel track. We're going into one of these big rest areas, you know. Everybody, find somebody you can share, give the gospel to. You know, that's not just for teenagers. Amen. Daily exercise, daily in the temple. In every house. So, witnessing, fellowship, take up your cross, pray to God, praise God. Acts chapter 17. I was thinking this may be my text on Sunday night. Maybe. Acts chapter 17. So I won't dwell in it too long tonight. It's pretty, pretty easy, actually, text. To just see if you want to exercise yourself unto godliness. Verse 11 of Acts chapter 17. It says, And these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, <clears throat> in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. You want to exercise yourself unto godliness? Be in the book every day. Be in the book every day. Got the Bible reading schedules out there. Praise God for that. That's not the end-all, be-all of Bible. Amen. You can say, you know what? I'm going to be in the Gospel of John. Or I'm going to read Ephesians. Or I'm going to read James. Or I'm going to read the Psalms. I'm just going to be in my Bible, searching the Scriptures daily, whether those things are so. Can I tell you this? It is a comforting thing as a preacher. To know that there's a congregation. That's a, it's a challenging thing as well. I'll never forget the first time I ever preached for my friend Harry Carr. I preached for him. I was a student in Bible college, and he was the professor of our Bible department. Forgive me, Miss Taylor. He was the brother Bertram of our school. And I preached at his church, and I got up there, and I thought to myself, these people know their Bible. I better get it right. 
Amen. But now it's the opposite. It's like, it's, it's, I'm so thankful that you folks know your Bible and you do search the scriptures and you know and our spirits are together in this thing. Praise God. Search the scriptures daily. That's daily exercise. Be in the book every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Be in the book. So, praise God. Pray to God. Take up your cross. Fellowship. Witness. Search God's word. How about this one? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And this also goes with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll read that one as well. You don't have to go there. You can just go to 2 Corinthians. But 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul's talking about, he's, he's recounting his, his difficulties of ministry. And one of the things he says in Verse number 28 of 2 Corinthians 11, he says, Besides those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, what comes upon him daily? The care of the churches. The care, caring about the church. And so in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse number 25, it says this, that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And then, of course, it says, if one member hurts, all the members hurt. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice. So what is that? What should we do daily? We should care for God's people daily. You know, I don't know about you. My heart's been broken these last few days for Mrs. Kelly. Just been broken. Miss Barb, you shared about taking care of your mom. That, as, a, as a church body, we understand it's part of life. But it's still, it ought to well up something inside us. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate people in the church that genuinely care. People that just reach out and sometimes it's, uh, it's with a paper handshake, sometimes it's with a card, whatever. Listen, you know what each one of us ought to do? We ought to daily exercise ourselves. And not everybody's good at this. Some people are very good at it, so you've got to work a little harder at it. Because that's what exercise is. It's work. It's work. Exercise yourself to care for the members of the local church, to care for God's people. And then lastly uh, today, if you look at Hebrews chapter 3, this kind of is a goes along with the last point about caring, but it's it's kind of a, a companion, a twin, I guess you could say, to it. So daily exercise, praise God daily, pray to God daily, take up your cross daily, fellowship daily, witness daily, search God's word daily, care for God's people daily. Hebrews chapter three, verse number thirteen. But exhort one another daily. While it is today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What's that? What's that word? Exhort. It means to encourage. Encourage. Lift up. Build up. You know what you ought to do each day? You ought to build somebody up. You ought to exhort somebody. It says you can do it. So, by the way, again, some people are good at this. I happen to think that's one of my gifts is to be an exhorter. Say, hey, you can read your Bible through. Some of you came to me last year and said, I read my Bible through for the first time, Pastor. Thanks for, you know, encouraging me. Encur Listen, we all need encouragement. There's enough discouragement in this world. And by the way, uh, it's discouraging sometimes amongst God's people. 
can be discouraging. So you know what we need? We need some exhorters. We need some Barnabases. You know what Barnabas, his name means? The son of consolation. You know what he was? He was an encourager. He's somebody, he, he saw the church, he saw the grace of God, and he, and he encouraged them, just, just keep going. Hey, we're almost home, amen. The Lord's going to come any day now. Be faithful, amen. Exhort one another. Daily exercise. Hey, we need some daily physical exercise, and all God's people said, I've been doing it, I've been doing it since the New Year's. I said, you know, and uh, we, we walked a ton at Disney, but I said, you know, I'm going to start doing it, and uh, I've been, I went to the crossing the last few days. If you see me over there, I'm, I'm not going to do the fellowship part of it, I'm just going to do the exercising. My headphones on, just walking, amen. Uh, but we need physical exercise, but boy, we need to exercise ourselves unto godliness. We, we need daily godly exercise. What is it? Praise God every day. Praise Him every day. Pray to Him every day. By the way, that takes time. You've got to set aside some time. Take up your cross daily. Fellowship daily. Witness daily. Search God's word daily. Care for God's people daily. And exhort or encourage one another daily. Now, let's perform the doing of it, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Amen. Let's pray. Father.